Hey, and welcome to episode 68 of the Sunfire Tavern, our podcast for gamers and geeks, where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies, and TV, with me, Clark, and my co-host, Ollie, uh, discussing the hot topics from the last few weeks. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern, and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever other podcast platform you can find us on. And if you want to send us any questions or comments, uh, you can do so through the Google form, link to the podcast information blurb um, above. Hi, Ollie. Oh, God, that put me out of breath. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Ollie. You went, went the distance that one. <laughs> I really went hard then. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm, I'm excited because we've got a special guest this week. Yeah. He's hiding. He's, he's, he's here, but I haven't allowed him to talk yet, which is terrible of me because he can talk whenever he wants to. His name is Sean Labode. He's there. Hi, Sean. Hi. Hello. My name is, my name is Sean Labode, and I am not silenced anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he has been freed. He's been let out of his, his podcaster box. Yes. Uh, Sean is joining us as a, a friend that I've kind of made through other podcasters and whatnot, um, and he is a cool guy who also has a stream and all kinds of stuff. Sean, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, so maybe I tell you tell everyone about how I know you. I guess so. Yeah. Um, I guess it was because I'm I guessed it on the TCGS podcast um, a couple of times and in the discord, uh, I saw that Clark was one of the only few people that was LGBT just like myself. So instantly it was like, there's pride coming up in London. And then you're like, pride is in London. Wait, you're gay. And I'm like, you're gay. And then I first met you officially whilst you were walking down the, uh, the parade and I was on the side. And, um, from that moment onward, it was a match made in heaven. No, mm-hmm. no, it was, it was fun. Um, but a bit about myself. I, like you said, I stream, but more specifically, I work um, in third party for PlayStation. So um, the role I do is a games content specialist, which means anyone that wants to partner with PlayStation, so any studios, uh, developers, indie, whatnot, um, I basically play their games and write about it to see if it's worth considering a partnership. So that is the dream job, literally playing games and writing about it and talking to our team about it all day. So and, cool. That is actually And Andy yeah. also works for my little brother as well, or works near my little brother. Apparently. Is... I have not yeah. seen him. Do you even have a little brother? I don't know. You <laughs> do. I do, I do, I do. But Apparently. yeah, so... So, um, so yeah, that's Sean. Uh, Sean's going to be joining us and chatting us uh, today to talk oh. about all the usual nonsense that we go on about. Um, and the way that we usually do things, Sean, is we'll go through a quick overview of what we're going to be discussing today, and then we'll go through what we've been playing and what we've been watching. So, um, f- to start with, we're going to talk about the end of Bayonetta 3's uh, voice actress drama. We're then going to talk about the Witcher TV series recasting and the Witcher 1 remake, uh, how it's been a pretty big month for Xbox Game Pass this month, and then we'll go on to Comic-Con 2022. Uh, you've apparently been to see My Neighbor Tossero, which I'm very jealous about, yes. and then we'll talk about the Sony PSVR 2 price reveal, Marvel Snap, and Avatar 2, as the trailer launched uh, this week. So, uh, in terms of being very polite and friendly to our lovely guest, Sean, what have you been playing or watching this week? Ah, so I've recently just moved out of London after 34 years of being in London, so oh, wow. I haven't really had a lot of, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you want any kind of background, um, lockdown helped me realise what I needed and didn't need from living in London. I thought I would be there all my life and, you know, have an Uber Eats and Deliveroo <laughs> and the TFL and everything just 24-7, all of those things um, I thought I would never be able to live without. And then, you know, a little thing called COVID happened. And I found myself 
not cooking as much and i love to cook and bake and i just got very lazy but then small caveat supportive of other local businesses and i wasn't traveling around as much and a lot of my friends and family moved out of london so <clears throat> i just didn't feel like i needed to stick around especially for the prices oh my goodness the, uh, the yeah crisis that we're having yeah it's, it's insane it's crazy because uh, it I've got some like co-workers who are looking to like because they moved over from different countries and now they're looking for accommodation in London and yeah, yeah. just hearing about the stories from them I'm like holy moly it's like, crazy and I guess because I've always lived in London I've never known the prices to be you know too much until mm. you can like even the price of like beer or going out and yeah. stuff is just like that's always what I've known it to be um but uh, I have some I have a good friend that lives um outside of London um closer to Northampton and I was like I'm looking to move. How much is think? Oh wow, that's half the price for the same size house. Okay, let's make that a thing happen. So, yeah, I I moved over the over the weekend, um, and so I've only really been watching um, something worth note. Just Chainsaw Man. It's uh, it's mm. it's a new anime. It's 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 on. Uh, I'm watching it on Crunchyroll, and yeah. that's weekly. It's um, it's something. Yeah, I was going to ask, how are you finding it? Because I haven't... So I'm the resident anime watcher on this podcast, I guess. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll, so... just, I'll just... Um, <laughs> I'll just entertain myself. You guys just talk about anime. Because <laughs> I, I was going to ask, like, I haven't had the chance to watch it yet, but I I saw all the massive hype around it before it was coming out, and apparently the manga's really good. Like, how are you finding the series? Like, so I'm, I'm very... There's two different types of anime. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm as hardcore as yourself, Ollie. But um, I grew up watching like every day watching Dragon Ball Z every day after school. It lasted about yeah. five years, and I kind of loved that experience. It's very shonen kind of long form. Mm. Um, and then I kind of fell off a bit because I discovered other things, and I got back into anime again when One Punch Man um <laughs> a few years ago. Because yeah, it's like it's really space. short form, yeah, and it takes the mick out of. You know, charging for five episodes for Goku to be able to, you know, build a spirit bomb. Like, it's yeah. just like this person can end a fight so quickly. I was like, that's refreshing. I wonder what else is there. And I've been, you know, heavily in flux with lots of different anime and stuff. Um, but I wanted to jump onto something that's really new, which happened to be, you know, the whole hype around Chainsaw Man. So, mm. my, I, I, I like anime when it's kind of, you know, different, but the anime I've always avoided because of, I just don't relate to it or it's just very not my style is when it becomes very adult to the point of let's just talk about boobs all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the right, now I'm back. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm in. He's yeah, back. Yeah. Um, say boobs? The, Does someone say boobs? It's yes. the, yeah, the classic anime thing of like when it gets all fan service and tropey and you're just like, why mm. is this here? Like you've set up this incredibly interesting plot and then you, and then yeah. there's suddenly, and here's all the sexy time stuff that's like, why? Yeah. And I haven't actually watched a lot of that content when it's like, you know, let's talk about how we can get a girlfriend or when's the next time we can try and have sex. So I, yeah. this is the first anime I've seen that I've intentionally tried to watch. And I didn't, I don't know if, I mean, maybe you can clarify this, but I would say a good third of this anime is about the lead protagonist trying to, to see some boobs. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, wait, can that be such a big plot in an anime? So... You'd be surprised, Sean. Yeah, there's, there's, that's a big, big thing in anime. Is it actually... I don't know why. I think <laughs> it's like, well, I guess it's just the the target audience, right? Uh, yeah. I guess. But um, you know, I'll say that like anim like most like 
nowadays there's an anime of like there's so many different types of anime like a few years ago it used to just be that which was really? why it had such a bad rap yeah but i mean uh. i mean there's a lot more like um kind of there's a m wider variety of anime, or at least it's, it's more accessible to get access to these kinds of anime. So, uh, but I didn't know that 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 Chainsaw Man had that element to it. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe it's quite tame compared to some of the other stuff. Mm. But um, I mean, the concept of it is just really cool. Like, without saying too much, there is a man who is part Chainsaw after you know he fuses with. Um, another kind of devil character. It's about devil hunting and stuff. Yeah. Uh, demon hunting, sorry. Um, and it's really cool. The animation is absolutely phenomenal. Um, if you like kind of gore or you just like literally anime where you can see literally every kind of punch or blow or, you know, it's not just blurry kind of Michael Bay style. It's like I'm watching every visceral hit and punch and it's really, really detailed and you can tell it is, you know, something that's quite current. Um, and I would say, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm enjoying it to this fact that when it's the combat and, uh, you know, whenever mm. these folks are going and taking down these really gargantuan-looking creatures and, you know, there's lots of blood and stuff. Like, I'm not even big into yeah. gore, but it's just really a spectacle to see how crazy it can be. Definitely. But then <laughs> the downtime is quite what we spoke um, about. Yeah. There's, four, there's four episodes out right now, and I'm, I'm only up until episode three, but you would imagine midway through a combat fight, someone would say something really heroic, but... You know, there is mention of, oh, I can't wait to cop a feel. And I'm like, that, <laughs> yep. that's, that's the line that you shout before you go into attack. And yep. like, anime, what is this? That's, and that's Japan. <laughs> that's, that's Japan, yeah. And speaking of which, I'm heading there a couple, uh, three weeks time for the first time to Tokyo. So <gasps> I'm now getting myself ready to understand what it's like to walk into an anime shop now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> Like the going yeah. heading, heading to Japan. Oh, that's that's the dream. That's the that is, that's the wee dream. dream. So yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Um, I imagine Clark, you've been to Japan. Uh, I haven't. So my Japan story I... is annoying, uh, but I'll be very brief in the fact that I've tried to go three times. Oh. Each time it's fallen through. Yeah. Um, one because of COVID. One because I broke up with my boyfriend at the time, and the third one because of my accident. So. Um, uh, it's still on the cards. I mean, the the most recent one I was supposed to be going. In fact, I was supposed to be there right now, um, but uh, the restrictions of getting yes. into Japan have been changed, so uh, I'm not there right now, which is fun. I, I think recently it just opened up again to tours. Yeah, uh, it has. Yeah, they, they've opened it up to, and which is why I think everyone's going. I would imagine why Sean's going as well. <laughs> yeah, well, so it opened up in stages. So it's like I was supposed to go for work, but um, there was like this whole visa thing. You need to. If you're going to go to Japan, you have to get sign off from a company that you're going to go and see, which made it very difficult. And then around uh, September, they said, you can come if you are going to go on a tour, but it has to be uh, from the Japan side. They need to confirm it. Or if you're getting a package holiday, which yes. that's when I went and booked. So I went with like BA, like flight and hotel. And then October the 11th is when they, the government said, no, it's all open again. Come and spend your money because the yen is really poor compared to your currencies. And that's when the big influx happened. And now everyone is just literally heading over there. And it's going to be quite busy. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. Very jealous. Like, I really want to go to Japan. Yeah. So, I, hope you have um, a... I hope you have a great time. Yeah. Thank you. And you should both get out there as soon as we can. Oh, I'd love to. You sound like bigger fans of Japan. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to at some point. It's, it's the, the dream holiday. I, I went to oh, Singapore. Ollie likes weeb stuff, don't you, Ollie? Yeah, I, th yeah, yeah. I, I, might, I might like Japan just a little bit. 
you know, just, <laughs> just like, a little bit. Yeah, I've been listening. I've been listening to this podcast a few months now. It's been a little bit more than a little bit. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. Tiny I think bit. Ollie really yeah. wants to go to a maid cafe. That's his. Well, I don't know about that. One. <laughs> anyway, um, so Sean, I have a question because yes. this is actually my first time meeting you. But um, okay. So Hello. you said you're a streamer. Hi. Uh, yeah, Hi. So, so you said you're a streamer. What kind of stuff do you actually stream on so, uh, Twitch? Yeah. So on Twitch, I so I, I've been on and off streamer for the last kind of 10 years but i've kind of gone full in it fully into it as i found a brand so um i stream uh the brand is um tough games in a safe space so it's okay. kind of more into the the from software games or very difficult games but i don't really get het up like when i'm playing these things like when you die in a mm. in a from software game i kind of understand that it's because you need to learn how to be better rather than it's not fair yeah and i kind of started doing that for the first like six months since i uh in the last couple of years and it just the, the community i have is kind of really small but they kind of appreciate that someone is going through the uh through the trials and tribulations of these difficult games and actually kind of enjoying the experience yeah so um the kind of games i would kind of stream would you, you imagine be like you know from from software games so uh elden ring mm. to other games like Cuphead, um, and occasionally I have like a little break and I do something that's a bit more long form. So the like Gardens of the Galaxy. I just wrapped um, the Max Payne three stream because I played that when it first came out, and I forgot how difficult that game was. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's it's. I'm, I would say I'm a bit of a variety streamer, but I kind of lean towards the tougher games because mm. you know it's if someone else isn't going to play it and I can do it you know they'll tune in to watch that kind of thing so that's what i kind of do yeah that's a that's a very refreshing take of like kind of i i feel like on twitch kind of you find a lot of people who try to um sort of find content through raging at these kinds of Mm. things yeah like the kind of big reaction stuff like that but it's refreshing to hear that uh someone can play these games that are clearly obviously you know, they're designed to be difficult and stuff like that, but come away with, yeah, like, a good thing of kind of, yeah, it's chill. It's like, yeah, you lose, but it's kind of like, you learn from the mistakes, right? And then you just yeah. keep going kind of thing. Yeah, And, and it's, it's probably cool. safe to say Overwatch is included in there. Like, Clark's mm. been on a couple of streams, and Overwatch, it can be, you can have your losing streaks, and that counts that as a Find your game. eyes. Yeah. Find <laughs> your eyes. It's, it's, it's yeah, yeah, you, you will not be happy about this. You were doing that for the entirety of the last stream you were on. <laughs> I don't know if anyone understood that, Clark. But yeah, Arisa voice lines. Yeah. Oh god. Have you guys been playing more Overwatch Two then? Unfortunately, yes, yes, we have. Unfortunately. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know my opinions about Overwatch and Blizzard in general at the moment are not particularly high. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, one of the things I've been playing. So I think we, as we are in the what we've been playing and watching section, I have been playing a ton of Overwatch Two. Finished the battle pass, and now I'm like level 106, I think I am. Oh my god, you, you finished, finished the battle pass? Yeah, I finished the battle pass. Wow. Um, How many hours so, did you I mean, a lot. I've played a lot. Um, but I, if you remember uh, when, when we first talked about the launch, we were talking about how the battle pass didn't feel balanced. Mm. I, mm. I think I hadn't factored in the daily and weekly rewards as well, so I probably have to change my mind on that a little bit, that it is, I guess, balanced. Mm. Um, it just doesn't feel very rewarding as you're going through it, and like... I'm now at the end of the battle pass. And I don't really know what I've unlocked. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like I've unlocked anything. I've yeah. just got like this weeby Genji. Yeah, like, you got that Genji skin, skin, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but I don't really care about that because like, I don't really play Genji. Although I have been playing him a bit more recently. Mm. Um, really gotten into playing Zarya because she's a monster right now. <laughs> um, and also been playing a ton of um, uh, Bastion. 
because uh, oh, his, his yeah. remake is incredible. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I guess I'll probably go on to what I've been playing and watching because I've got quite a big one that I think all of you will know of or have heard of. Mm-hmm. And one of the games that I can't put down at the moment is a game called Vampire Survivors. Oh, great game. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. is absolutely incredible, that game is. And it, it's a... Uh... Sean, have you played this game? I know Ollie has. I'm just, I'm just looking it up because I should know that. Vampire Survivors. Yeah. So it was... It so... got... Oh, you go, 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 on. go on. No, you go ahead. Go on, go on. I was going to say it was. It's a game that it's the top. Just to clarify, it's the top down one where it's kind of like pixel arty, and you just like move around. It's about like surviving, and you level up your. You kind of get loot, and you level up your character, and then you create more projectiles, and it's kind of like a bullet helly kind of thing, right? That's the game, yeah. right? Um, I would say it's a cross between Binding of Isaac and a Cookie Clicker. Okay, so right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. pretty much sits right in the middle of those two games because it's it's a very simple-looking game. It looks like it was made for the Amiga, which, mm. if you remember a few years ago, there was a game called Loop Hero. Yes. Which mm-hmm. came from, I think, was it Devolver Digital who made that one? It was the... Pu- yeah, uh, Loop Hero was published by Devolver, but I'm not yeah, sure so who the dev was, but... So I mean, it came out of the Volvo, and it was a very popular game. It was very simple and very basic, but very, very addictive. And it had that like constant, uh, constant gameplay loop of like the the roguelike kind of going back in, um, getting your upgrades and stuff, and then going back and trying again. Mm. So this game sort of starts out where you don't think it's really got anything to it. So you, you sort of go in, you you effectively play like Dynasty Warriors. So you just smash a load of enemies up, and then that's it. Yeah. Um, but you're also discovering, like in Binding of Isaac, you discover new items that give you uh, weapon upgrades. So, like for example, one of the weapons is called uh, Santa Water, which the whole game's made by an Italian developer, so yeah. everything's very Italian. Um, so Santa Water is Saint Water, and it's all inspired by Castlevania because he's a massive fan of Castlevania. And I say inspired by a lot of the content looks like it may have been nicked from Castlevania, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. It, um, it, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so you're, at every level, you get the option to upgrade one of your items, and it's it's random every time. Like, sometimes it can be, I think it's random anyway, sometimes it can be for, like, your Santa water, or sometimes you'd unlock a new item. But if you get your items to level 9, and then they um, upgrade and evolve, because you can mix them with their items to evolve them into something else. Ooh. So there's, like, an alchemy element to it as well. Yeah. Um, and every upgrade is massively impactful. Like every time you level up an item, it it's, it changes the way you play the game until you get to the next level up. Mm. Um, so so every time you you get something, it feels rewarding. Every time you do something, it feels rewarding. Like it's it's a real breath of fresh air. This game is. Yeah. And I genuinely think because of how popular the game is and how successful it's been, I think that next year is going to be the year of the clones of Vampire Survivors. Well. Uh, so on, on, so this game came out on Steam, I don't know when it was, but it was very popular for a while on Steam, and then literally what you said, Clark, where, like, there were clones of the game, like, on mobile, there were loads and loads and loads of Vampire Survivors kinds of clones, um, because, yeah, I, I played it on Steam quite a while ago, but it just came out to Xbox Game Pass, right? If, if uh, remember. it's coming out the next week on Game Pass, but it's also... Free on Xbox. I say free. You know what I mean by free on Game Pass. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also on Xbox Game Pass for PC. Yes. Uh, yeah. But I bought it on Steam because it was like three quid in the yeah, Halloween it was very cheap. So I thought, yeah. here's a spooky game that I can play and probably enjoy. And honestly, no regrets at all. Like, yeah. I have loved every second of it, and I can't wait to play it all over again on on Game Pass now as well. So like, I'm super happy with it. Like, it's a really good game. Yeah, I, I tried it out, and I could definitely see why people are getting into it. This kind of like, it, like you said, it's like Cookie Click. It's kind of zen in a way. Like you kind of, and also the control, like for a game that there's the only controls is WASD. Like you can just move your character around. Like yeah. 
they get a surprising amount of depth throughout the upgrades and the decision making and stuff like that, but you know, very accessible in the sense that you just move your character around. So yeah, yeah and like... it's it's just it's very Moorish as well. And mm. it, what got me is how much depth the game has. Yeah, because um, like you start out and you really don't think it's got anything to it, and then suddenly you're like, oh holy shit, there's like a thousand miles deep in this game, and it's not. It doesn't feel weak like a lot of games do. It just feels like it's going to go on forever. And it, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. Like, it keeps revealing little secrets and stuff. Mm. Um, I, I've loved it. Like, it's it's definitely up there for one of my, like, games of the year. Yeah. Um, I know it's not going to win game of the year because, unfortunately, Elden Ring and um, Horizon <laughs> and a few other games will come out this year. So, yeah. no other games have a chance. But um, So, I've been playing that. Uh, Overwatch 2. Uh, I've also been playing a ton of Persona 5 Royal because that's mm. on uh that's on game pass now i'm i'm in the third palace and i love that game the royal version is just absolutely stunning like playing that game in 4k and 60 fps is is a a dream yeah like it's beautiful I definitely so i've been loving that, that. Yeah. it's I, I cannot recommend that game enough um so i've been playing that i've also been playing um my retro arc emulator and then a few other bits and pieces here and there like i, I just keep jumping into games in the game pass because there's so much to actually pick up and play mm-hmm. and on top of that i've also been i downloaded the entire tomb raider trilogy the new one so tomb raider tomb raider shadow of darkness and or whatever it is called shadow of blah blah and something else the Rise tomb raider of the great adventures of lara croft or whatever it's called i don't know what it's called. That's, that's not what it's called <laughs> um so yeah that's, that's what i've been up to uh in terms of gaming and playing and, and whatnot so yeah, cool. very, very busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Ollie, what like, have you been playing and watching? Like, Sorry, Sean, this is a long section. Yeah, no, it's yeah. good. I mean, I've, I've put Vampire Survivors in my wish list now. Uh, I'm about to pick it up. Oh, oh I would, right. yeah. Oh, it's good to hear. It's a great yeah, stream no game as reason. well. Oh, it, oh, actually, yeah. so there you go. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. So it actually has a really unique stream function. What? So you know I said that every time you reach a level up, you get an option of three or four upgrades. Yeah. You can connect that to your Twitch chat using a functioning game that connects it directly to Twitch chat, and your Twitch viewers will vote on your upgrade Excuse and me? choose it for you. Wow. That's... Which is brilliant. Yeah. Like, what a really cool way to, to, to get your your uh, your interaction. Like, I thought that was awesome. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so, cool. Yeah. Well, so I'll do that. that right after this. Thank you. Yeah, anyway, no, sorry. sorry about that. No, that's cool. Um, I'll try. I won't. Uh, hopefully I don't ramble too long. I've been playing quite a few games. I have uh, found myself in essentially, I, you know, I took a moment yesterday to think about the games I'm playing and I've literally somehow fallen into like a shooter binge. I'm just playing nice. many, many, many different shooters, which is also made me go like, hmm, maybe I should mix up and play, some, play a different genre of game. But okay, so on Xbox, I bought uh, the Resident Evil 8 Gold Edition. Um, so this is my first time playing Resident Evil 8, so I'm playing, I'm not playing the Shadows of Rose DLC, I think that's what it's called, so I'm just playing the original Resident Evil 8, um, and enjoying it, it's pretty chill, it's pretty fun, I will say, I still think I prefer Resident Evil 4, so I'm very excited for Resident Evil 4 Remake, but 8 is enjoyable so far, like, um, it's insane, like, how good the graphics are of that game, like, that game is a very pretty game, and, like, I... I think is a, I think is a great like also like Halloween game I guess like um I will say I, the the horror element isn't I'm not like scared of it I guess which I thought I would be more scared but um that's also not a bad thing like I'm just enjoying play, basically playing it like a shooter uh which is cool um so that's like my single player shooter however I've been playing a lot of a game uh called Marauders 
which came, which I think came out. It's yeah. it came out on Steam recently, or like Steam. I think there was like betas and stuff like that. But it came out as like a release on Steam that you could play. Team Seventeen, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Published yeah. by Team Seventeen. I so, know this one. Yeah, so um, that this game um is essentially Escape from Tarkov, but designed to be more accessible and like uh kind of packaged nicer so you don't have to spend like a hundred hours learning how to like uh equip your gun just so you can go into a raid and then immediately die and lose it so it's an extraction shooter uh and i would say a good a good elevator pitch of it is basically uh sea of thieves plus um world war ii in space so you you basically play as like a space pirate uh, and you drive a ship, so you'd go into a raid, and you take in your gear or whatever you want. You get onto, you get in your ship, normally a rust bucket because it's just like the basic ship. Uh, you fly into either a map, which is like a point of interest. You dock your ship, and you have to like get loot, get off, get in back into your ship, and then extract to get all the loot out. But the other thing is that obviously there's other players and AI flying around, and one of the funnest parts of the game is that you can do ship combat and disable their ship and then you can kind of like breach their ship kind of like a sci-fi thing where you get into like a breaching pod and you just like ram into the side of their ship and then like go into their you know onto their ship and then you have to like kill them like an fps like a shooter essentially um so yeah that game's been really fun i've been playing that a lot solo and also playing it with like um friends here and there just seeing you know and i guess the thing is it's why i'm enjoying it so much because i love escape from tarkov but playing that game is like a commitment that you have to put in so much time to learn the game and keep up with the meta whereas like um marauders feels like the people who designed this game which i'm as far as i'm aware it's like three people in the uk somewhere it's like three guys right and um they really like Escape from Tarkov as well, but wanted to design a game that was like, yeah, like literally what I said, like more accessible and kind of like, you know, they're like, you know, we're all, we're old, we don't have time to kind of play, the, you know, spend all this time, so we just want to play, you know, design a game where you can kind of like jump in, do a few raids, then log off or whatever, which is great. So I'm, it's like perfect for me. So I'm, I'm loving that game a lot. And then, like yesterday or the day before yesterday, I picked up Modern Warfare Two, so the new Call of Duty, um, just to see what it was like. Just playing some, just like a chill multiplayer game to play in the evening while I'm listening to a podcast or watching YouTube. Just like you know, turn my brain off, go play some quick play deathmatch, shoot things, and that's been enjoyable. It's been fun. I don't really have like a very strong opinion on it at the moment, um, but yeah, I'm currently playing through that. You um, and no one else, unfortunately. <laughs> well, yeah, but we've got quite strong opinions on the new Call of Duty. Oh, saying it's... oh yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. I... The, yeah, go on, go the on. discourse around it um, has I always in I always find it very interesting. Like this kind of argument. Are you talking about the skill based matchmaking thing that seems to have flared up? From what I've heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, apparently that's a problem. Well, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Like this is why it's interesting, and also I'm biased because I'm a developer. So um, just as a, pre- a oh, preface, uh, humble brag there. No, as in like it's not <laughs> a humble. A developer. Bra- it's not a humble brag. It's saying that like. You know, I'm the person, I would be the person who implements the skill-based matchmaking. So it's like, from a design standpoint, I can see why it exists in games. But the argument basically people are saying of like, oh yeah, like I don't want to have to sweat and try hard every game. And you know, why am I just being skill-based matchmade? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, interesting because it's like, you... I don't know why these people want to have like these easy games where they just kind of pop off and kill everyone. It's like if 
you know, I guess, I guess, obviously, that's good to have, right? But then, if you don't feel like you've earned it, does it really feel that, like, is it that good for you? I guess. And I guess the argument, uh, and uh, you know, the other thing of like people, casual players, also being like, I don't want skill-based matchmaking, is also interesting to me because it's like. Isn't that when you have the most engaging matches when you're playing against people who are the same skill level as you? Or like, you know, do you want to play against people who maybe you will then suddenly get into a lobby where everyone is a sweat, try hard streamer, like really, you know, content creator, whatever. Like these people who are really good and then you just get absolutely decimated by them. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I find it like a weird, it's also like a weird philosophical argument of like, ah, you know, do you have to feel like you are some kind of god for you to be enjoying this game and not just play it like, you know, a shooter? I don't know. There's a lot, I, I need to like think about it more, but I think that the discourse around skill-based matchmaking is always really interesting because it brings yeah. up, because there's no one who's really right, to be honest. Like, both, both sides have like pretty good arguments, which is why it's interesting, but just from a designer standpoint, it's like, you know, the data. Well, this is the other thing. The data says that people. The reason why it's there is because the data in the back end says like that people play the game more and engage with the game more when there is skill-based matchmaking rather when there isn't. So, you know, that's kind of why it's there. But I don't know. I don't know if it's like a vocal minority of people who are like really angry about it. But I see a so much like discussion about it on Reddit and streamers and stuff like that. And obviously, streamers are biased because they just want to pop off and get all their clips of like their sick clips you know whatever but eh i'm kind of like whatever it needs to be a, it has to be a healthy middle ground though because mm. we've all played games where if it's too difficult then you kind of fall off and you're like i'm not enjoying this but then on the flip side you know whether it be call of duty or uh overwatch when we've had people leave the opposite team and it's like, well, the numbers are lower or you find yourself kind of spawn camping them because you've just pushed them all the way back and the fun just disappears because you're not being challenged anymore. And the middle ground, I mean, I'm all for kind of skill-based matchmaking, but, you know, it it really does change and cloud your your experience if it's one or the other. Like, it needs to be in the middle and Mm. I would always choose something to be more difficult, as I mentioned during my stream and stuff like that. But... If it's too easy and you're playing against, you know, people who are just starting off, then you're not really pushing yourself. You're not really learning. You're not really new, learning new tactics. I mean, I, I grew up playing the Call of Duty or Modern Warfare games growing up, so I'm about to jump into this one as well. And I know that in the first few weeks, you know, learning other people's uh, tactics or, you know, you've been taken down by this maneuver or you've been, you know, outflanked by this style or this weapon is great when you combine it with these attachments, like... Being on the losing side of that helps you learn and adapt to be better. But if you don't have anyone doing, you know, that level of depth, you know, and they're just like cannon fodder, Mm. um, it's not fun. And, you know, it's the same when you play single player games. If the game is too easy and it's a walk in the park, then are you really having fun? But then there's people out there who like to cheat. And it depends what you're kind of like. And I would imagine the majority likes to play something that's fun and walking over people might not be that there's a lot of uh younger kids uh well younger gamers i say not necessarily kids but younger gamers who really enjoy the feeling of just smushing people with Mm. ease which is why a lot of players use cheats um i I don't know if you've been reading recently but there's a massive uptick of cheating in overwatch in call of duty and other games because uh they're not really that bothered about those kind of things anymore (laughs) Mm. no one's really monitoring them which is kind of annoying um and kids i mean i remember when i was young as well i used to like cheating just because it was fun to cheat Mm. like you know (laughs) that's just how it is 
are people would you say people are cheating more in this current day and age to get the unlocks in battle passes and stuff because if you're cheating and there's no reward then there's kind of no point doing it so i'm just wondering where do they get this from like what's well that, that's idea? just it is i, I don't I, I i mean with respect i disagree with you i don't think that it's the reward that people are looking for to cheat i think people just like the idea of ruining someone else's experience mm. and, and owning people you know the, the idea of like pwnage yeah, I think there's kind of both, right? You're like, there's probably a, a plethora of different reasons why people cheat. Like, Sean, I, I'm sure you're right. Like, some people are like, it's also even probably the next level of that of people being like, oh, I can buy an account, farm the battle pass, whatever, and then sell the account. You know? Okay. And, yeah, yeah, there is definitely that element, but yeah. I, I don't think that's yeah. uh, that's the driving force behind cheating. Mm. It, but it, but I, I wouldn't argue that there is that element. That yeah. element definitely exists. There's there's definitely element like because that's one big thing a lot of developers see. So for example, in like uh, Escape from Tarkov, one of the things they they suffered from is that uh, so they have a system in the game where you can buy items for in-game currency or whatever, right? You can trade items with people, right? So cheaters would essentially go into the game. Uh, cheat to get all the best loot, get everything, and then sell that, but for real money. So you could go to a website and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna buy like, you know, whatever, a bunch of things for like one pound in the game," and they would make money by doing that. Or like, for example, in League of Legends, people do cheat, or, or Valorant, for example, people cheat so that they can sell off and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna sell a diamond level account to someone," uh, so that they can just be like, "Oh, this is my account, and I'm diamond," or whatever. So. You know, but Clark is also right that, you know, if you look in, old, especially this is like an old, in old, old, old school kind of things, and also depending on the culture of the country you're from, like, um, mm. cheating is also just, like, common and widely accepted, and it was kind of like a thing of basically just trying to, you know, you want you want to feel like you're the, no, it's like an ego thing, right? Like, you want to feel like you're the powerful player and you just, like, kill everyone and whatever, which is, and some people also are just, unfortunately, the types of people who just like ruining the game for other people as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. assholes. I've met, um, so, I've, yeah, I've, I've met and played with a few of those people before. In the I could also Never add a little, it, but... a little bonus story here. Um, mm. When I was much, much younger, and by much younger, I mean like ten years, ten, well, fifteen years ago now. Um, I used to sell hacked Pokemon online to Japanese school children for wow. five five dollars a piece. Um, so they would want, say, like a shiny Charizard that's battle ready and has all these different like things, all these different customizations applied to it. And I was using PokeHack to just make them, put them into the game, run them through the Pokemon bank so it, it um, cleaned them, made them official and wow. legitimate. You laundered, and then... you laundered Pokemon. I was money laundering Pokemon, and I made enough money to pay for my ticket to go to uh, my job interview at Blizzard. <laughs> That's no way. So that did I do it, something bad, or didn't insane. I? <laughs> so that that was that was me when I was in my early twenties, late teens. Um, yeah, taking advantage of people. I mean, that was what I did. That was it. Such a crazy story. It's yeah. so mental. It's How so much stupid, did you sell them for? Five dollars a piece. Dollars. So you were not even doing it in local territory. Well, no, but this was a different world back then. Like the internet was a very different place back then as well. Like you had to do it in the way that you had access, and it yeah. was dollars because oh that was how God. everything worked. I mean, this was before like PayPal, so it was all done using. Um... God, how did I do it? I can't. There was some. It was like a bank transfer or wire transfer or something. <laughs> um, yeah, it was crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so but we we could talk about what we've been playing and watching all day because it turns yeah. out we've been playing a lot. However. Yes. Let's move on to our first talking point, which is the Bayonetta 3 voice actress drama. Um, I'm, I know, Ollie, you're up to date on this. Sean, I don't know if you know much about this. Do you know the Bayonetta stuff? 
Yes, um, mostly from listening to your podcast, but also just what's happening on Twitter. Okay, so the the short story of it is that the voice actress um, stepped forward and said that she was being underpaid and kind of shunted around and being uh, forced out of the role to bring in a bigger actress, and she tried to convince everyone to uh, boycott the game with yeah. giving a very good reason, which was she's being underpaid and being taken advantage of. It's like four thousand, um, wasn't it? Yeah. That was what she claimed. Yeah, that was yeah. a legend. What she, yeah, what she claimed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, since then, Jason Schreier from Game Informer, I think he's from. Is he Game Informer? I don't know where he's from. He's from somewhere. Uh, he's, a, he's a known industry uh, darling, yeah. though, and he came forward and said, no, what she said is not true. Uh, she was actually offered around $15,000, and it was, uh, I think, $4,000 a session is what mm. it was. Um, even so, still a low amount, uh, to which she then replied... Um, she corrected it, but still tries to deny everything. And then it turned out as well that the charities that she was encouraging people to donate to, one of them was um, pro, is it pro-life? No, um, anti-abortion, one right, of the charities. Okay. So obviously she then becomes kind of trash because she's supporting quite a terrible thing um, and encouraging people to take the money from a video game and put it into something like that. I mean, I myself, I don't agree with that. So that's my opinion. I don't necessarily represent the opinion of everyone else, but mm-hmm. I can see why people suddenly turn to hate this person. Um, and as time went on, it seems that she may have been telling some porcupines. Um, the, the problem is, is that the bigger issue is that voice actresses and actors and uh, people in, in that industry are generally not well paid unless you're a big AAA star. So she brought up this really important issue, but unfortunately it got lost and muddied in a load of bullshit, uh, which which annoyed me a bit. Uh, but it turns out that it's all been uh, fabricated. Um Obviously, the issue still remains that she was correct in that voice actors don't get paid enough, but she made up what she got paid and also said that they um, they uh, negotiated uh, over time. And apparently that didn't happen either. Like it was just a here's here's what we'll offer you. If you don't like it, we'll go somewhere else, mm. which is mm-hmm. fair, I guess. I mean, um, so, yeah, that was that. Uh, any thoughts? I mean, it's a bold move to try and vocally do this. Like what? Uh, I mean. I think I was saying, like, obviously being paid, like, obviously the initial shock value of like four thousand dollars for that role is shocking. But I was also like, if it's true, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, like that is a horrible thing. And you know, you hear lots of horrible things that happen in the games industry. So this didn't wouldn't have shocked me if it was true. But I think it's quite a crazy move to try and go out and voice this when it's clearly. F- false and the company can be like no here's the truth like it's kind of weird that she stepped forward and then made it so easily disprovable Mm. that's that's where i get annoyed because unfortunately she was bringing up a really important issue which has just been lost in the fact that it doesn't really matter because she made it up which is yeah and it's probably ruined that for other folks out there who generally do want to get paid better because now they're going to associate this with that and I don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a liar, but mm. I don't get what you gain from twisting the truth publicly to make a big company like that seem worse when that's not actually how it was. Because the truth would always come out, yeah. and it's just. I just. I don't. I don't get it. Like, it's, yeah. So I do have a thought on this, and it's more of. I don't think she's aware of how vocal the games industry are because you could tell when she was talking to people the first time. She didn't understand how loud and uh, aggressive the games community can be when it comes to like trying to solve a crime. They all jump in and everyone suddenly becomes Phoenix Wright. Like everyone's suddenly solving this massive crime. Um, I don't think she was aware of that. Or if she was, I don't think she was prepared for 
how many people were going to jump on this issue and just how public it was going to get. Um, so I think she thought that maybe she could just get away with fabricating the truth a little bit. She, I mean, she's yeah. an actress. Um, actress, actors and actresses are you know, very dramatic people. I wouldn't be surprised if she tried to dramatise the point just mm. to try and make the point sound worse. Like I'm trying to play devil's advocate as well because also because of her personal views and what she was trying to push people to charity, uh, to, to pay for charity, so to, to donate to charity, sorry. Um, I don't like that side of it. But at the same time, I'm annoyed that she's brought an issue to light that has just been completely silenced by the fact that she's a bit of a, well, a bit of a knob. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard one for me. It's a hard one to sit in. So I don't know where to sit on this one. Yeah, I mean, it's just a shame, right? that someone made a move like this and like what Sean said I agree in terms of like if other people are having these kinds of pay disputes and are actually legitimately getting shafted for you know in these kinds of roles it kind of this case or this a a case that you know like this that everybody sees kind of almost you know doesn't quite delegitimize it but makes it harder to prove a point right because now people yeah. will be like oh is this just another you know I forgot her name. Is it Jennifer Hale? Yeah, another like Jennifer Hale. Jennifer Hale is the the new the new actress. Oh, she's the new one. Sorry, the the the, the actual woman is called Helena. Helena something. Helena Taylor. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Um, but yeah, so they'll be like, oh, is this another like Helena Taylor? You know, exactly. Like it, 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 unfortunately, it takes away from the issue. Mm. Like her lying takes the impact from the issue. Yeah. Which 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 bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Shame, but. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like we could talk on this one very much more. I just wanted to clarify because we've been talking about it quite a bit recently. Yeah. Uh, Sean, I don't know if you've got anything to say on this. Sean, me? Um, yeah, I mean, what I've said is, was uh, there's always different sides to the story, and it just it just highlights that we just need to have all of the information, and the Twitter can't be judge and jury on this. Like, it's yeah. not for anyone else other than the people at hand here like it's it's good to see that the industry can band together but in the wrong hands that could you know blow up against you as well so you know the public have way too much power in general especially in the games industry whatever film tv um and i think this was just a unfortunate (laughs) flex that she had that she didn't realize was gonna bounce back because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen with her career now. Like, yeah, exactly. Probably not much. I'm going to assume. <laughs> okay. So Bayonetta four. <laughs> DLC. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't bought Bayonetta three yet because I got Bayonetta two on launch day on the Switch, which was several years ago now. Um, I still haven't put it in my Switch yet, so I'm quite far behind in that. So I still haven't finished Bayonetta one because it's a really bloody hard game. It's, it's a great game, but super hard. Um. I mean, no anyway, so that's. Hell. Sorry, she does a British accent in Bayonetta, doesn't she? Because I've never played yes. them. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah I mean... She quite famously goes, um, "If you want to find out how to do something, ask your mum." Like you she's very find out how to speak, to, how to talk to a lady. Yeah, find out how to talk to a lady. Thank you. That's the, that's the line. Yeah. Does mom. that mean Jennifer Hell's going to have to do a British accent? Well, the game's out. Yeah. You can hear it. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I don't the, even the thing <laughs> is, yeah. you can you can really hear it's Jennifer Hale as well in the voice. I know, I know that sounds obvious because obviously it is her voice, but. You can tell it's not the original Bayonetta, and you can tell it's Jennifer Hale because she's always got this like slight Texan twang to her to her voice. Mm, yeah, yeah, which is kind of cool, but at the same time, whatever. Like it's it's a it's one of those things I don't really care about. Mm. It's just there. Um, but the next big thing on the list is the Witcher TV series recasting uh, the main role, which was originally Henry Cavill, who everyone just fell in love with as the the Witcher, playing as Geralt. 
Uh, Geralt of Rivera? Riviera? Riviera? Rivia? Riverdale. Of Rivia Geralt of Riverdale. Okay. Which <laughs> is the, the real version <laughs> of the character. Um, uh, yeah, so it's quite surprising because the Witcher TV series is extremely popular. Mm. Um, it's way loved. And also, Henry Cavill is a massive nerd. Like, he loves yeah. that series. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's actually been responsible for uh, correcting some of the lore points. Because yeah. he's been like, wow. actually, that's not how this is reflected in the game. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so he's this like insanely like into the franchise person mm. who's just stepped away and allowed Liam Hemsworth to step in. Um, if you know who Liam Hemsworth is, he's the brother of Chris Hemsworth. Uh, he was in hunger games and a few other films, but he's always been like the shadow behind Chris. So yeah. Chris has always been the megastar and Liam's been like, well, I'm here too. I'm also hot. And he is fucking hot. Um, I can't deny that for a second, but uh, to be fair, that whole family genetically are insanely perfect. It's in, it's upsetting um but it's it's weird like i wonder why henry cavill has stepped up. i know that he's probably working on a new superman movie or he is working on a new superman movie mm. which would suggest that's probably taken up all of his time but it's a weird role to step down from like i don't know what you guys think about I, this i thought this was cleared up like there was a clash or something maybe that's not true then that's the it might be I mean, you might be right maybe i haven't researched this well enough so this is my f- i won't lie this is my first hearing about this news so for context like did Henry Cavill step down, or did was he let go? Do you get what I mean? No, no, he sat down. Like it, it was, okay. it, there was nothing dodgy. Mm. He he literally just said like I'm stepping down from being the Witcher now. And I think I think you might be right actually. I think he did say that he's got a clash of schedules or something. Mm. Uh, I'm just looking through the quotes now. He he was offered four thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> He's supporting anti-abortion. Uh, oh, no. don't, don't don't put down Henry Cavill's name, bro. No, it's not Henry, Henry Cavill's too lovely. I've also met him in real life, and he is one. He's a massive hunk, and two, he's lovely. He's a how really did, really nice how guy. Did, how did you meet him? Um, I actually met him at BlizzCon. I want to say many oh, wow. many years back. I think I think it was a BlizzCon. Mm. BlizzCon or E3. I met him at one of the two big shows. Um, so he was doing motion capture for Doomfist or something. Yeah, he was. That's exactly what he was doing. There was a lot of a lot of Doomfisting happening. Oh wow! Turned into an adjective. That went somewhere quickly, didn't it? Yeah. I can't find the actual quote, but yes, I'm pretty sure he did drop down because he had a schedule clash. I think you are right. Right. Okay. Again, Hemsworth is taken over. Yeah. Well, in that case, I mean, if he if he you know, step down by choice, then, I mean, obviously, respect the decision, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's torn up about it as much as everybody else is. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I, I hope the fans don't br- brigade Liam Hensworth for replacing Henry Cavill, but hopefully Liam Hensworth does a good job, right? Like, I'm yeah, sure he will. Like, I mean, Liam Hensworth is also a good actor. Mm-hmm. Like, he's yeah. just, like I said, he's been overshadowed by his brother for so long. Yeah, It's, it's going to be that Doctor Who thing. Like yes. I'm a I'm a big Whovian. I, I won't talk about the last episode, but it's just that fill in. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It's just it. it's just that fill in of the role of someone that's established something so important. Like I've not watched The Witcher TV series or played it, but that's I amazing. just I, I don't have an appeal yet, but I will play the game first. But to have No, no, no don't do that. Don't play the game. Watch don't the play TV the game series. First. Okay. Just okay, watch I'll... the because t- you'll play the game, you'll do exactly the same thing everyone else does. It's seven trillion hours long. You'll get about five meters into the game and you'll suddenly be distracted by 47 trillion side I quests and you'll never actually, be sorry. I actually played the first like half an hour and I got stuck playing, what's the tabletop game? Gwent. Gwent for yep. 
the rest of it. I was like, I'm just going to only want to play this. Why does this not be a standalone game? And <laughs> it then is they a standalone. Standalone. Yeah. And then, yeah, this was at the time. Mm. Um, so that I went back to it. But no, going to the whole, the whole Doctor Who thing, like, you know, um, Henry Cavill has established a thing. He is passing on the baton and people are going to be like, well, you're going to have to be as good, if not better, for us to love you. And that's very... That must be a lot of pressure on um, Liam because yeah. you know he has to do amazing and has to kind of shine as bright. Otherwise, you know, people are fickle. Like they're gonna not. They know it's Geralt, but they know it's not the actor, and it's it's, it's a lot of pressure. And I just hope. I mean, I don't watch it, and I don't really kind of care for it. But you know, for the sake of the show, I hope that people are just gonna see past it. And they're just going to do the whole, when Matt Smith first came as Doctor Who, he's like, oh, who's this new bright, you know, smooth-faced person? And then he custard and... Uh, in custard fish, fish fingers. fingers. Yeah, and I was just and like, then, oh, if and he then tweets, Bunny... or if he quotes a tweet, I'm going yeah. to write a letter. And he immediately started talking about Twitter, and I was like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. I love Matt Smith, by the way. Love yeah. Matt Smith. But it's just that transition period. It's like, yeah. you know, people will have to get into it. As long as they get the baton past, you know, in the metaphorically in a, in a in a very good way, and maybe he can do more charming things. I haven't I don't know what Geralt's like, but maybe just put his own twist on things. If yeah. you try to replicate the exact same whatever, then you're going to have to walk exactly in those same well, steps. This is the thing with Geralt though; is he's a very specific character and a very very recognizable character because he's he's quite well known for being a bit of a dick, but at the same time he's like a, he's like an all he's everyone's hero, mm. but he's also a like a prick um so he just kind of walks around just being like and he doesn't really talk much he just goes mm, all the time and his whole thing is about being this stoic kind of doesn't want to be around people very much he's kind of like me uh doesn't <laughs> want to be around people bit of a dick like kind of like stays back but when he's needed he's there and he's he's putting himself on the line and all liam hemsworth needs to do is get that character like i, I don't think he needs to copy cavill but cavill got it perfect yeah. like cavill is the game witcher yeah, which all, is the one we all know and love. So yeah, it's, Lee, it's hard shoes to fill. Lean could spend the first episode just topless for the whole time, and then everything. Like, <laughs> Fine, I'd be good. sold. I'd be sold. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sorry, Ollie. Me and uh, Sean are both very thirsty gays. That, so. I mean, yeah. you guys go off. Go off. I, I mean, Jen's I'm in not... there as well. She's kind of hot too. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> one, for, Liam, one for everyone. Liam and Liam and Henry are not my type, but I can imagine that's what the appeal would be for everyone. Uh, are they very much my type? But um, it's basically just. Male, I think, is my type at the moment. <laughs> Just male. Yeah. male I'm 39 human. and single. Yes, male. <laughs> he means male um, and human, just to clarify. Male and human. Well, you know, just has a pulse, I think, is my requirement. Oh, uh, yeah. But, um, so, on top of that, some more news is that The Witcher is a... The, the Witcher 3 was quite famously a, a massive hit from CD Projekt Red. And they've recently announced that we all expected uh, that they're going to remake the first one, Witcher 1, which was well-known as not being a very good game mm -hmm. uh, in the Unreal 5, 5 engine. Oh, wow. So go back, remake it, bring it back out into the public and actually make it playable and using the mechanics from The Witcher 3, mm -hmm. which which effectively to me just sounds like we're going to get a massive chunk of Witcher 3 DLC in the form of Witcher 1. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, um, it's the strat, right? It's the, it's the oh shit, Cyberpunk didn't make as much money as we wanted it to because of all this other stuff. What's the, let's get pull out the safe plays book. You what know, other assets so, have we got lying around? Yeah. Oh, here's 20,000 so, of them. You know, it's <laughs> like when, you know, it's like, it's the equivalent of Nintendo re-releasing Wind Waker HD on Switch, you know, so... Don't, don't start <laughs> with <this one. laughs> but, Why do you come you at me I mean? with this abuse I'm, on this hey, day of my I'm, daughter's I'm, wedding? I'm... <laughs> 
just, I'm just saying, you know. Uh, but yeah. So I mean, it makes sense that they're doing this. I mean, we li- we live in the age of remakes at the moment, anyway. It so. is, and I, I'm actually looking forward to that ending now because I'm I, I was a massive advocate for remakes of games and remasters and stuff until they started to land like all the time, and then I was just like, oh for God's sake, can we get something new? Yeah. And then Tinykin came along and shut me up because it was brilliant. <laughs> Oops, all remakes. Yeah, exactly. You've versions. you've seen the meme. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so that's The Witcher. Uh, Sean, I don't know if you've got any other bits to add. I know you're not a fan of the series yet because you haven't played it. So I, I love not... that you said yet. <laughs> well, I can't. Ima- I honestly can't imagine anyone would go into that series and not at least enjoy it because yeah. they are great games. They're really fun games to play. Yeah, I'm, I'm. In fact, question for you both: um, Was The Witcher one as critically acclaimed? Because I just always no. hear about two onwards. No, no. It... One was like basically unknown. It's two good. was somewhat popular, but not very great. Yeah, it also had really horrible mechanics. And then three just became this like phenomenon. Behemoth. Yeah, what but one you, was yeah. basically like a, a bit of a cult classic. Uh, okay. There's a good. There's a really good documentary on uh, the history of the Witcher game series on a channel on YouTube called NoClip. Uh, which oh I'm yeah, friend. yeah. Danny O'Dwyer. Uh, yeah, yeah, Daniel Dwyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he it's one of the first big ones they did, I think, on the mm. on CD Projekt Red and uh, the history of The Witcher. And yeah, because uh, basically they made The Witcher 1 and they were just trying out things. And the reason why Witcher 3 was so polished and stuff like that is because by that time they had the support of their good old games business. So GOG. Okay. You know, so basically yeah. that's how they funded uh, mm-hmm. Witcher 3 being such an amazing game. But Witcher 2 was uh, also pretty well-received, I think. But it, it was still was, like... It just... Yeah, it, it it wasn't like a a, a mega hit. Yeah, like it was yeah. a hit, but it wasn't a mega hit. It it didn't popularize the entire like ser- like book series essentially, you know, because I think yeah. The Witcher was a very popular book series, but mostly in like Poland, I think, mm-hmm. or like yeah, because it was it's originally Polish. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like that's the kind of history. But there's also personally... there's a really good documentary to watch on the lore of The Witcher. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it's on Netflix. It's called The Witcher. Uh, starring Henry Cavill. Um, it's great. Oh my it's goodness! The the <laughs> yeah. It's wonderful. I'd recommend that one. Um, but yeah, uh, me personally with Witcher, I didn't play Witcher one or two. Uh, I played Witcher three on PS4, uh, and yeah, it was pretty good. Numbers. I think I think I just um, don't. It's like an open world game, and as I get older and older, I realize that I like open world games less and less. So. I think yeah, that, yeah, I can definitely agree on that one. Yeah, so I think it's a be- I think it's a great game. The story was really engaging. I watched my housemate at the time play it a lot, and that was more in- it- more enjoyable for me personally. It's almost as if I was like, maybe if this was a TV series, it would be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely see why they went that direction, though. Yeah. Like what did become a TV series? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so um, that that was the the the, the, the Witcher. Uh, I'm just trying to load my tab back up because. Uh, the next point was the Xbox Game Pass having a massive month this month. And I don't know if you've seen the announcements, but I'll just go through them very briefly and quickly so you can understand what's Please coming do. out this month on the Game Pass. Return to Monkey Island. Wow. That's a pretty big one. Like, I'm very excited about that. I, I literally said when that got announced, like this will be on Game Pass next month. And here we are a month later. It's on Game Pass. Uh, that's the new Monkey Island that was made by the original uh, team that made Monkey Island 2. Yep. It's, it's uh, It was critically kind of slammed when they first announced it because of the art style but apparently it's really good people have loved it and i'm really looking forward to playing that um there is football manager 2023 
Sure. Cool. Um, Ghost Song, which is a beautiful looking game, by the way. Ollie, I think this might be one of your games. Ghost Song, you should check that out. Uh, Pentiment, which I have been excited about for a very long time. This is the Write Your Own Storybook adventure game. Ah, uh, yes. So, yeah. yeah. So you're sort of like in and out of a storybook as you're going. It's, it's super interesting. It's a really cool concept. Um, it looks beautiful, and I'm really excited to play that one. Um, Tian, there's the Legend of Tian Ding, which is like a side-scrolling. Um, is that on sort Games of like, Pass? It's on Games Pass. It's it's now. You can play it now as well. Wow. Because I saw, wait. Is this on Xbox or PC Games Pass? Both. It's on both. Huh. Yeah, it's on cloud I, as well. Because I saw it was really popular on Steam. I think it's like a Chinese game, but um, uh, it... so, uh, I want to say Thai. I might. might oh, it's Thai. Sorry. Um, it was one Possibly. of these. It's it's Chinese or Thai. It's, yeah. It's, it, it's one of these games that I always see on Steam, like because Steam has a massive Asian user base as well, surprisingly. And um, sometimes you just see games which are just like clearly not designed for a Western audience that just pop up in my recommended feed feed on Steam, and that was one of them. And it looks really good, like a side scroller RPG kind of thing, right? Like a combat RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly that. Mm. Um, it looks cool. It, it kind of reminds me of um, God. What was that game that came out years ago that was hand drawn and it's a side scrolling adventure game? You've named many. That's a lot of games. In, in, Indecision, in, 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 indisposable or something. It was called Indis- indivisible. Indivisible. That was it. There we yeah, go. That yeah, one yeah, yeah. reminds me of that. The, my friend played that through that game recently. He said it was very good. Like, yeah, yes, it's, it's a very, good. very good game. It's very, very game. fun as well. Very inventive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, there's Tian Ding. There's Vampire Survivors. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I yeah. can't wait to play it from scratch again. Um, Somerville, which looks amazing, by the way. This is again maybe a game for you, Ollie. And I think, judging by the games that I've seen you play, Sean, I think you probably would enjoy this one as well. It's quite uh, mysterious and like unusual, and something that I think you'd enjoy doing as a stream. I think. Mm. Okay. Um, so yeah, that one's looking cool. There's Football Manager 2023. Yes. Mm-hmm. Console Great edition. Game. What a so game. So there we go. I can't that say that. One's there. I don't know. And then there's that. the Walking Dead New Frontier and Michonne episodes uh, for the for the uh, Game Pass on PC, which again, bangers. Like the, the Walking Dead game is incredible. You say Michonne? Really, 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 really good. Sorry. You say Michonne? Michonne, yeah. I always thought it was Michonne or something like that. It might be. I'm I'm saying it as I read it, but I could be mispronouncing it. Um, I, I fell off the TV series before. Uh, that character arrived, so I don't know how her name's actually pronounced, and I'm not paid the, uh, the, the 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 standalone series in The Walking Dead either. I've played season one and season two. I never got to play Michonne, because at the time um, it was a, quite expensive to buy, and I, I thought I'll just wait for it to become part of like a season pass or something, yeah. and that never actually got around to playing it, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, so big month for Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, I mean... But do you know why it's a big month for Game Pass? Oh, no. So, uh, also, I've got another point as well, but I'll bring it up later. Um, because uh, Sony are launching a popular indie title this month. You might have heard of it, God of War 2. Very small indie team. Uh, something kind of popular. about dad. Something about boy. Boy, with a big dad, act. boy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Sean, this is definitely for your side. I would assume you've played God of War. Uh, I played the... 2018 one is that the year? I don't yes. remember. Yeah, the, 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 the full modernized, like super the popular PS4 one. one. Yeah, yeah, the one that had the boy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've played it, mm. but yeah, I just in fact, uh, speaking of that upcoming God of War, I saw the the reviews went live a few hours ago. Oh, really? Um, 
Yeah, yeah there's like tens out of tens. Ooh, yeah, well, of course them. it is because it's a. I mean, I wasn't expecting to get anything less, but they know what they're doing with that series. Yeah, yeah. I just want it to be the same but deeper with better mechan. Not better because it wasn't broken, but like new interesting mechanics. Because when you have something that's borderline almost perfect by some people's standards, and you are expecting to make a sequel, other than changing the story, so it being about uh, Norse gods or was it Greek gods? This- Greek gods this time. Like, what is what is different? And a game that when. Uh, this is the Deus Ex thing for me personally. When you have a game and your character's developed and they've you know unlocked abilities and have new weapons and they have all this stuff, how does it tell story wise to go and back to not having these things, or does it let you continue with having all of the weapons that you ended the first game with, and then you build your character from a different perspective? Like I'm, I'm so intrigued by this. I'm not a big God of War fan. I loved the last one. That was my real first time playing it. Yeah. But I want to see how they story wise revert back to being like a nobody in regards to skills and abilities and you building it up or do you just continue and you have the chains of whatever it's called olympus i'm going to call it chains of olympus what's that name <laughs> of the game i think is that maybe that's Bl- one of the other games blades of chaos Bl- blades of chaos yeah, yeah that make that makes more sense like do you start with that and the leviathan next and all yeah. that stuff and then there is new things or I don't know. Does he get amnesia? It's the de- the Deus Ex thing is like yeah. when you play as Adam Jensen and you as a sequel. Like, yeah. where's your abilities? Oh, it's like okay. the the classic thing of in Metroid Prime where Samus mm. starts with everything. Yes. Yeah. Oh no! And then suddenly all of her abilities just fall down the drain. Well, like, is oh. it is it is it Metroid on the SNES where the first thing that happens at the start of the game is a suit gets smashed or something? Yes. Is that how they do it in that? Like yeah. that's a great way of doing it. Like, oh shit, my suit's been broken. Yeah. Time to go and collect all the pieces again. I thought that was good, but every now and again you do get the whole. Um, Amnesia thing, and as someone who has amnesia, I love the fact that I am a video games character. My, my, backstory, <laughs> is, my backstory is basically JRPG video game character. I wake up in a bed with no memory of where, who I am or where I am, oh, and then the world ended. <laughs> like that's literally what happened. Um, it's, it's, it's either that or the Symphony of the Night thing, where like death just yeah. comes and steals your abilities. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I did like that as well. That was very, very cool. Um, <laughs> the, I'm, I'm actually I just started playing Castlevania, uh, the PlayStation one. Is that Symphony of the Night? There's only one that's really good, and that's Symphony of the Night. It's the, whichever one on the PlayStation, which are you is playing also a... the highly loved one. I'm playing it on RetroArch on my. Are you Xbox. playing as Alucard? Uh, yes, yes. Does he have long white yes. hair? He does. Yes. Okay, that's yeah. the one. That's the one. Yeah, that's the it's one, it's maybe. lovely. It's very very difficult, but I'm really enjoying it. But um, great game. RetroArch had a massive. So this is a little plug for RetroArch here. Uh, had a massive uh, game changing update that basically required you to completely erase all your files and start it again on Xbox. Mm. And it now oh. supports Wii as well. So what? I've been playing Kirby's. I've been playing Kirby's Epic Yarn on my Xbox. That game is beautiful, by the way. Such what is this world we're living <laughs> in? Well, I'm, what is I'm happening? A, a Wii emulating through an Xbox uh, on my Xbox controller via cloud service. I was playing it on my laptop at work. So <laughs> fucking weird, man. Love but it. This, this is this it. is an affront to God. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. So anyway, that was uh, the big month. We've got a lot to talk about still, and we've been talking uh, for nearly an hour now. Short, short, just very quick aside for Games Pass. I forgot there's a game called Escape Academy on Games Pass, which is like a escape room game. Uh, it's also got local and online co-op. Uh, it's very, it's quite short, but it's a lot of fun. I would recommend it if you're looking for. Oh, okay. Games. Oh, good yeah. recommendation. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very good game. Like, uh, oh yeah, and also the. Um... 
Uh, so one little minor point, which is also quite a big news story, is do you remember how I was talking about how the Xbox uh, was going to go to a Fire Stick and they actually leaked a Fire Stick and blah, 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 blah. Yes. And it was going to be a thing where you plug it into your TV. That has been canned. Oh. And I don't know why. Uh, so apparently, um, whatever his name is, Mr. Box at the top of the company, uh, Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer that's his name, yeah. um, said that it was something being worked Box. on. It was an incubation, but it's been shelved. Uh, until further notice, because they don't feel it's the right time for it. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, what? <laughs> I don't I mean, get it. I mean, it's almost as if people looked at Stadia and went, hmm, <laughs> streaming yeah, games. Yeah, but come on, Game Pass the... already had the audience. I know, I know, but... Like, I would have bought one of those, and I have an Xbox. <laughs> yeah, I, but I feel like most people who are using xCloud or whatever are doing it through devices they already have, right? Like... You would just connect your PC to whatever, the TV, if you really wanted to. Like, most people are just going to play it on their PC, right? Like, they wouldn't use a Fire Stick or something. I, I'm i guessing. I'm I'm assuming here. Well, I, am not I would part play it on my tablet. I am, I, am a, I am a through and through, I don't believe in streaming games thing. But uh, Oh, I'm really, yeah. really into it. Like, yeah. I, I, I've been completely transformed because seeing the technology that's going on behind the xCloud is very impressive. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm it, sure it works it's great. really, really well. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. The only type of streaming I do for games is watching streams of games. So, which is fair, but I mean, I, I, I mean, this is also a little. We will get on to the next point, don't worry. But my other little plug is that I've just got myself a, an iPad Air because I'm trying to learn oh, how yeah. to do digital art. Uh, and as a result of that, I now also have another screen that I can stream my Xbox to because you can also connect the Xbox controller via Bluetooth to the pad. Mm. So mm-hmm. that means now I can now be sitting in an airport instead of having a laptop or something i can now just have my ipad and just play my xbox games through the dodgy wi-fi that doesn't work properly in the airport so that'd be lovely <laughs> which is a great way very to... rad it's very cool yeah, back, is... you can plug a ps5 controller to it and play on a remote play as well just yes you, you know. can but yeah. i don't have a ps5 so just let you just let your audience know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, no, <laughs> just, PS5. Uh, yeah. so comic-con boys comic-con god dude when was so you you went to the most recent Comic Con, right? I went to Comic Con like a big old nerd. Like oh I loved gosh. it. It was great. How how um, was it? I'm interested to hear what it was like. I haven't been to one since 2010. It's so. definitely coming oh. back. Like it's definitely on the rise again. So it yeah. it was nowhere near what Comic Con was before the uh, before the pandemic. Mm. But it is definitely uh, on a turn. Yeah. So I went to one last year. And it was in a smaller venue. It felt really weird. It didn't feel right. And it was just nonsense. It was kind of crap. This one, loved it. Like, it had all the energy that you need for Comic-Con. Like, it was really enjoyable. Uh, loads of people there. Loads of cosplayers. Hundreds of cosplayers. Mm. It was just great. I had such a great time. We got to see two Overwatch voice actors. So the voice actor for Sigma and Tracer were both there. Uh, they did a panel and we got to meet them, which was lovely. Met loads of artists, which is actually why I bought my tablet, because I was kind of... Every time I go to Comic-Con, I see all the artists, and I think, I could do that. So I've, now I am. I'm doing it. I met a guy <laughs> called uh, Matt Knight, who makes a series of comics called Pink Reaper. We actually sat next to each other on the DLR going to Comic-Con. Oh, wow. Um, and he uh, he's done these web comics that I've seen before, and, and I just sat and chatted to him. He's a lovely guy, uh, and kind of fanspazzed a little bit with him. I met one of the guys that worked on uh, one of the Star Wars comics that one of the characters from Star Wars Hunters is going to be in, which is very exciting. Uh, it was just cool. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Um, Sean, you were there. Yes? Comic-Con, MCM? Yes. 
No, I was moving. I was moving house. Oh, of course you were moving. I thought you stood at the. Uh, I've, no, I've, I, I lived. I lived past tense next to DXL. Yes, you um, did. And I have been going. I mean, I went to every MCM since 2012, according to my Facebook. Oh, wow. Uh, not 2012. 10, 12 years ago. There's a 12 somewhere. 2012. I don't think there was a. Maybe there was. I was in university anyway, a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I lived through just seeing posts online and people talking about it. So it sounds like it's picked itself up. I mean, EGX was what, a month and a half ago, and it sounds like this was a much bigger uptake of just people just enjoying themselves with, you know. Yeah. It, it, so do, do you remember how, I mean, at EGX, I found it was just mainly merch. Yeah. Yeah. This this wasn't too far off, but there, there was a lot more presence. Like there was a massive Sega booth that had a Persona 5 for some reason, Persona 5 Royal. Mm-hmm. Um, they were also showing off Sonic Frontiers and a few other games, but there wasn't many games. There was like a big lightsaber area where people were uh, lightsaber fighting. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Um, there was like a main stage. There was talks happening. Like it felt like an old convention. Yeah. It, it, but not in the way that old conventions used to be. It felt like the start of an old convention. Like it feels like we're going back in the right direction. Yeah, and it's what it Which... needs because the first few events after lockdown lift. Well. Lockdown they lifted some. Yeah, such a turnout was yeah. um, shambles. And the good thing about MCM versus um, EGX is MCM can do a lot more. Like it can do the the food stalls, it can do the cosplay stages, it can yeah. have the bar, it can have. I, I went to one and it had like a wrestling ring where they had um, one of the UK wrestling teams just doing stuff there. And they can do a lot more. And the one that's earlier in the year around Easter was usually less focused around games because I, I guess the game launches in the latter half of the year was like peak time you know when you had your call of duties and all that stuff but even whatever it whichever time of the year it was mcm just seemed to have for cosplays you know people came and bought stuff in droves and they weren't coming specifically to have the games and the spoofs and be let down because the game companies weren't there so this sounded like a much better thing just from what you're saying as well just people sounded like they had a lot of fun yeah i mean yeah i agree like it it was the energy was there again. In fact, that's something that I get whenever I used to go to conventions. Like, it's the power up I get from having all that like, like, uh, like passion around me. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. It, I, I just sort of like feed like I'm, I'm. You've seen what we do in the shadows, the energy vampire. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm him, but with with conventions. So when I go to conventions, I just suck the energy out of everyone else because I love it. Clark, the way you describe it, it just sounds like you're standing in the corner of a convention and you've just got the massive, like, wide eyes and you're just, like, <laughs> sneering at everyone. It's like... <laughs> it's not, not too far off where I was. I was... I, I did... Because I have to deal with my anxiety in, in various ways and, and going into big crowded areas is a really high trigger for me. Yeah, So yeah, I yeah. do occasionally just go off into a corner and kind of wring my hands and face into the wall a little bit just to just to not panic yeah. like i get panic attacks and stuff all the time so yeah i, uh, I had this fun. mcm unless i'm mistaken but it had the kind of the the area where it is down for decompression if you do need time away um and they've re- always been really good like that i don't i'm not sure if ejx I don't, i'm not beating they, on EGX, they but, did but, have the area the problem yeah. is that area had a queue, thus countering exactly what the, the problem is. Queue to tonight. get into the quiet area. Uh, well, yeah, because there were people like waiting to get in there because they obviously don't want to fill the area up too much. Oh um, wow! And okay. That to me is not a solution. But I, I appreciate they do it, and and I will not fault them for doing that. But to me, not being able to get away from something and then having to join a queue of a lot of people while I'm about to have a panic attack will actually trigger the panic attack. Like that, that will cause it to go off. 
I so I just I just have to step away, go near a wall or something, lean up against a wall and just just stop for a minute. As long as no one's brushing into me or I'm not in like a three way or a walkway or anything, I'm fine. And yeah. I just need that every now and again. That's all. Stand on the side, have some pocky, watch the world go by. Not pocky. No. Not pocky. Okay. <laughs> not pocky. <laughs> every I... other bloody weave in the building is having pocky. But speaking <laughs> of weaves, oh no, you what went to see my neighbour Tosaro. You went to see my neighbour. Wait, Tosaro. that doesn't make me a weeb. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, let's get a judgment on this one. Does it make him a weeb? The council will now decide. Does it uh, make sure? I don't think it makes you a weeb. I think I think my neighbor Totoro and Gib- Ghibli are enough in the public kind of. They're separated from anime. It, you know, to be fair, it was it was Miyazaki who did say anime was a mistake. So okay, you know, <laughs> yeah. times to be fair. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. So, so how was it, Sean? Um, it was moving. Um, I'm. Well, I hope it was. It was a bunch of people on the stage. Oh my goodness! Why, like, why are you like this? So, um, I grew up not watching a lot of Ghibli. Like it was always there. I always watched. I think I watched more anime over the Studio Ghibli stuff at the time. Um, so I only watched My Neighbor Totoro for the first time last month, actually. Really? In pre- yeah, in preparation because oh, I've seen okay. I've seen the other stuff. Like I've seen Spirited Away and Nausicaa and all of the other bits. But um, for some reason, I've just always. Nautica. Nausicaa, sorry. Nausicaa, Nausicaa. yeah. Nausicaa, not Nausicaa. Um, great, great film. Great film. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's really cool. That is. But um, yeah, so, and the thing about my Nouria Totoro is because it's always been in the zeitgeist, like, you know, the characters, um, I just thought, like, maybe I have seen it or maybe I don't have to see it because I kind of know what it is. I didn't know what it was, really. Um, so I watched it. Uh, my mind was blown. And in preparation for going to see this at the Barbican in London, um, I remember the tickets went on sale just after Easter because I remember I was in the States for work um, and I was letting my my other half and my best mate know this is a thing that you both like more than me and I will be a nice day out to go and see this um, and uh, the Royal Shakespeare Company released the tickets something like a day earlier mm. um, it was all on Twitter so it was just easy to follow was it actually I, sorry, sorry to interrupt was it at the Shakespeare Theatre no no it's the Royal so it's at, it was at Barbican but it says it's the Royal Shakespeare oh, Company oh sorry you did say Barbican yeah sorry yeah. ignore me and I bought these tickets um, thinking it was just going to be like the music of My Neighbor Totoro. And I was like, if it's just a music thing, it doesn't matter where we're sat. So I chose like second row from the front um, because, you know, when you go and see music, it doesn't really matter where you are, depending. Um, so up until I saw uh, the first few screen, uh, photos a few weeks ago, um, I was like, oh, this is actually the whole you know, the whole experience. story, isn't it? It's the whole yeah. show. Yeah. Plus, like additional bits because apparently it was uh, uh, manga or something beforehand. So there was like some additional parts to it that wasn't in the um, in the original film. Scenes. Yeah, deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, I was like, oh, okay, this is. I'm gonna have to expect the world now because you know something that was never physically done with humans on screen is now going to be done on stage and. No word of the lie. Like uh, my, one of my biggest stage shows that I absolutely love that got me into stage shows is Hamilton. I absolutely love what they did, and they, it came out on Disney Plus. I was like, it was amazing. I still haven't seen that one. I probably should watch it because I've heard great things. 
It's amazing. And it's mostly, I love it because the music's great, but also technically it's fantastic. As in, they have like a big um, rotational kind of disc in the middle of the stage. So it, they can spin it and they can do lots of really crazy things like uh, simulate like a tornado. So you can be in the middle and you can have people on the edge of the disc and hold furniture and it'll spin around and people stand in the middle. That's oh, wow. Hamilton. But yeah. that's like, that's really cool. But what blew my mind was um, my neighbor Totoro, they had a similar spinning kind of stage in the middle. I was like, okay, this is interesting. What are you going to do with that? And as soon as the stage, um, as soon as the, the, the curtains went up, you know, the way that they represented all of the, um, the you know, the soot, uh, the soot creatures um, to, like, the, they had, like, on-screen, um, on-screen, on-stage, like, vehicles to show, you know, the moving van, and they had, like, bicycles, and it was just really fantastic having the kids on stage. Really creative as well by the sounds of it. Really creative. Yeah. Um, and one of the really cool things is because of the, I forget the name, are they like soot demons or something? I don't know what they're I'm actually sure what they're called, called, but yeah. they are little soot things. Yeah. yeah. Little sooty things. The, yeah. the way that they just resemble it is just like you have humans on stage wearing like kind of black, but kind of like in a really cool little veil. And they had these extensions from each of their hands and each of the extensions had, you know, the little sit thing. So you could, you, you had to like kind of look past that. It was people representing these things and holding them and they worked together in a group and they used to move in waves and you can have all of these really cool things. But then because the stage hands um, were also other kind of characters on stage, um, there was little moments where it's like, oh, and the doctor is here to go and uh, talk to your wife. And then you'll see like a stagehand push another stagehand towards the location. And you kind of lift the veil and someone throws him like a stethoscope and he's like, I am now the doctor. And it is really cool. And, oh, I like that. I, do, yeah. I, like, I like it when they lean into the fact that it's a little bit of like meta play, is it was, what I would call it. Yeah. Mm. But we all came to see the, the the spectacle on stage, which is the size of Tortoise. Not you. You house. went to see thinking it was a musical. <laughs> I went there to no. I uh, yeah. I originally went thinking <laughs> it was that, and then I realized a week beforehand. But you know, this everyone that's seen this the film knows the size of Tortoro and as well as the cat burst. You're like, how are you going to resemble this on stage? And no word of a lie, guys. They blew it out of the water. Like oh, I'm so they jealous. had. Why did I not get those the life size? If you can imagine the life size size of Totoro. You know, first when May lands on his, you know, in in the in the shrubbery and she climbs on his chest and starts talking to him. This thing was huge. It bellowed, and because it was on a rotational stage, we got to see all 360 degrees around this Totoro, and it was just amazing. And I, I mean, we all clapped because we weren't sure how it was going to be depicted. And then you had the cat bus as well. And as soon as we heard the sound of the cat bus, we're like, there is no way they're going to have something as huge as the, literally the cat bus come by. And they did it. They had stagehands holding this humongous, big, inflatable, kind of detailed with eyes that moved in sync with whatever was on stage. And it was just like... Everyone, we almost did a standing ovation when it came wow. out because it was just like, you've done what we've grown, well, most folks grew up watching this and it's depicted on stage. And just like the house itself, like the house kind of had fall away um, kind of wall so it can show you the insides, it could rotate, you know, all of the, everything that you remembered from the film was done, if not better on stage because it was just a nostalgia that kicked in. I, I felt guilty because I went into this not having, you know, 34 years 
it came it came out in 1988 so that's when i was born but mm. i could have had 30 years worth of nostalgia i've only had what a month's worth and it still made me well up with the emotions on the stage the the, the grandiose of everything um the live band and the, the, the singers at the back it was just amazing and mm. you know there was a stand ovation at the end and it was during the halfway point of this i realized that this was only running for a few months and these tickets had sold out yeah and i just i didn't know what i was buying into and you know my my husband and my best friend who loved this even more they were so emotional they were like i wish I, my best friend was like i wish i brought my kids to this i can't buy tickets to this mm. and my husband at the time yeah, was like i'm sad that in... i've missed the opportunity because I, I had the opportunity to buy um, oh, two no. two box seats Oh wow! Why, were... Clark? Didn't you? Do I just it? didn't think at the time, and also it was we were still in like pandemic brain, so I was like, "This is probably going to get cancelled. There's no point." Um, oh, and I think no. it was like a hundred pounds for two tickets, um, yeah. like hundred pounds each per ticket, but they were like box, box. so overlooking yeah. The, yeah. the stage. And I'm gutted to have because you're the second person that I've spoken to this week that has been to see it and come out of it in tears or come out nearly in tears. Yeah, no. I'm nearly in tears now because the fact that I didn't get to go and bloody see the thing. <laughs> uh, Let let's hope from its success and limited run that, that it's it's just it's a start absolutely going to be coming back again because it's yeah. it's, 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 it's timeless. Everyone's talking about in London at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but speaking of things that are timeless and things that are also expensive, um, <laughs> wow. Sony PSVR two <laughs> got announced. That was, come on, that was a good segue. Give you that one. That was, mean... good. That was good. I, I, was, I was thinking for a minute that I was like, how am I going to get this to PSVR 2? Because we're all so short on time. Mm. Um, it is expensive, indeed. Yeah, so it got revealed this week. And, and I quite quite rightly said about six months ago, I've also checked back on this quote, by the way, and this is my exact quote, that I think the PSVR 2 is going to cost at least £500, probably a little bit more. Um, mm. It's absolutely going to be more expensive than the console, and I think it's going to be really misaligned, um, because I think it is misaligned. I, I think this is a terrible price point. Um but yeah, it got announced at five hundred and thirty pounds. I think it is five hundred and thirty. Yeah, five thirty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is obscene. Like that is a mental. Pro- so five hundred twenty nine ninety nine in pounds, which is five hundred forty nine dollars off seventy four thousand yen, seventy four nine eighty yen. Um, which is bonkers. This is for something that doesn't really have a massive audience yet. Uh, doesn't have a massive selection of games and doesn't allow you to play psvr one games at all like you can't play them Mm. it's not compatible it doesn't work i am i don't know how to feel about this like it doesn't bother me because i I made the right decision in not buying a ps5 um back when i made the choice of ps5 or xbox i went with xbox because they had a much bigger selection of games i don't really care about the exclusives um which is not to say that ps5 isn't bad because i think the ps5 is a great console it just it's a goliath console it's massive um but I think this is obscene. The price for this is is just obscene. Yeah. What, what do you guys think? I also can't talk too much about it, but I've just been looking around, and you've got to remember that the Meta Quest Pro, Meta Pro, is over a grand yeah. as well, and we don't even know what that's going to entail in totally. Yeah. So the way I see it is, if you've never played a VR game and you want to jump into it, you've got loads of options. But you know, spending a grand if you don't have a PS5 and you want to buy a PS5 and a PSVR two, you know that does. It's it's cheaper than the other, you know, PC based or Metal Pro. But it is asking. It's it's asking a lot. But you know, it's the quality. And I obviously, separate from that, um, I was surprised that it was more than the console itself. I was hoping that it would be 
at least competitive so people would be like ah oh, do i choose that or that because you know it's almost similar price range um and i'm intrigued to know if that puts people off or if it's early adopters are completely fine with it but um i guess that's the most i can talk about that yeah i i guess for, so for me like i um normally quite an early like an early adopter of vr things so i have a you know to clarify i had a vive when it first came out and i now own a, a valve index so like this costing 500 what was it 530 pounds like yeah. to me comparing it to vr stuff is like pretty by the by like v unfortunately vr is like still not a very accessible thing and it's quite expensive which sucks but it's kind of like comparing it to other vr products it's kind of like you said sean like it's like kind of up there with like w the other things you can get like i guess the cheapest entry you have to vr these days is kind of like the oculus what is it or whatever it's called now like the meta quest like the standalone headset yeah. one right like the non-pro one like which is like the standalone kind of entry level into vr which is like and even then that's like gone up in price as well right so yep. like um, about 100 pounds i think yeah so so like you know it, for me, like you say, five hundred and thirty pounds. I'm like, okay, but then to me, it's like they, I don't. They've announced that there's like Horizon, what is it? Uh, Call of the Mountain, right? I yep. think that's yeah, that's one of the PS yep. PSVR games. But um, I guess to me, it's kind of like, what are the, you know, what's the full lineup of products going to be? Because like right now, this is not my opinion on PSVR exclusively, but just VR in general. Is that like there's still only one thing people talk about when it comes to VR, which is like Beat Saber. That is like yeah, the only thing. That's the killer app. Yeah, that is the that is the killer VR app, or at least it is the app that people who don't necessarily own VR look at and go, "I want VR to play that." Like that is like or see you know, someone see someone playing it, or go out to like an event or something, precisely. try it, and go. This yeah. is insane. This yes. is so much fun. Because giving people lightsabers and allowing them to dance to their favorite song while they're playing with lightsabers. Yes. Genius. Absolute yes. genius. Yeah. Great. It, I mean, they did a great job, right? So um, There's but... also a God of War mod for it where you can use axes instead. But um... <laughs> I mean, okay, there you go, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's a good way of, like, putting a PlayStation spin on it, right? Yeah. Like, I think for, for me, it's kind of like um, we need that new thing. Like something else, so it's not just Beat Saber. Because right now, for example, like, um, you know, if I want to play Beat Saber, then like what most people do, most people will just get in at the entry, uh, you know, whatever the entry level thing is. Like, you know, that that game runs fine on the Oculus, sorry, the Meta Quest, like the the base it, thing. Right? It runs so, fine on on the base uh, VR headset. Like the, the the weakest VR headset at the yeah. moment, which I believe is the Rift, the the early Rift, not yeah, Rift yeah, S. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it runs, runs fine, runs but that's fine. that's dependent on your PC, right? Like even like the standalone thing of like you know the Meta Quest works fine. Yeah, the, 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 well yeah. the original Quest before it was the Meta Quest, the original Quest. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Runs it runs it flawlessly. Like like I've had no issues. I played it in an event. The batteries don't last very long, but yes, it runs. It's fine. Yes, exactly right. So so I think for me the interesting thing is like will Sony now release or you know some kind of product you know some kind of psvr2 product that is the thing that makes people look and go like oh yes i will i want to invest in that like half-life alex was the one for pc vr for like index users like most people bought an index because they saw that half-life alex was coming out and obviously half-life has the massive brand appeal like this kind of legacy brand appeal that these people who are going to be like yes i will pay a thousand pounds for 
whatever yeah. to play the yeah. next Half-Life game. So I'm interested to see what it will be for uh, PSVR 2. Um, but, you know, 500, you know, yes, 530 pounds is a lot of money, but again, like, buy the buy for kind of VR. Like, VR is an expensive hobby, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, until it's more, and until it gets more accessible and we can somehow find a way to produce the headsets and the um, things you need for it, like the technology for it, until we find a way to produce that for a cheaper value. Um, yeah, that's kind of unfortunately how it is. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, as much as it's easy to kind of be outraged at Sony and be like, why is this so expensive? It's like, because unfortunately it is expensive. Well, also to add on to that, also because everything is expensive now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Everything is expensive. Like, yeah. Even my morning coffee has gone up by nearly a pound. <laughs> it's it's mental. Like it's it's the, the cost of me going to Brighton used to be ten pounds return. This no was way. a year and a half ago. A year yeah. and a half ago. Now it is forty five pounds return. Yeah. Jeez. Nothing's changed. The train line is the exact same train line. Just since the pandemic and since all of this cost of living increase nonsense has gone on, everything has gone up through the stratosphere, and I'm very worried about what that means for society. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is this is going into a bigger, more philosophical. I mean, yeah, it's topic. like society is about to. I yeah, mean, I feel yeah, like yeah. it's about to snap. But speaking oh of, God. Okay, so that, <laughs> oh no, no, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> no, 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 we've got two more points. You get back on your pedestal. Uh, speaking of society like snapping, snap. society are currently snap. Shut up. Society are currently <laughs> snapping around Marvel snap. Whoa, what a segue. Oh, He's a genius. Um, so yeah, this yeah. this game came out of nowhere and has just smashed it in every way, shape, yeah. and form from what what I've been hearing. Uh, everyone's talking about it at work. Okay. All over Reddit, Discord's on about it a lot. Uh, just a very brief overview of what it is. It's a card game made by the creators of Hearthstone, yes. who left Blizzard to go Ben Brode uh, mm-hmm. and his team uh, left Blizzard to go off and make a company called Second Dinner, which is also working with Dreamhaven, which is Mike Morheim's company. So all the old boys have got back together and made a new company, mm-hmm. um, and they've taken the Marvel franchise and basically made this. Um, it's sort of I don't know how to describe it actually. I played it. I I haven't had a chance to play it yet. I'm this is the only ad I'm seeing like for the past week. Like yeah, this is the Raid Shadow ads. Legends of this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. and it's just Ben Brode selling me on Marvel Snap, and I'm like, I love you, Ben Brode, but you know, um, I don't so, know. Maybe I should try so, it. I guess. So what it is, it's uh, you've got three. It's a, it's a very simple game. You have six rounds every every time you play. So each game lasts for five minutes or maybe a little bit longer. Okay. It, they ne- it's not like League of Legends or Wild, sorry Wild Rift where the games go on for 30, 40, 50 minutes. Like, or even Hearthstone where they go on forever. It's six turns and they're very quick. Uh, and you have a very small amount of cards in your deck. So I think you have, I want to say, 15 or 18 cards in your deck. And you effectively have to build them all up because they all have abilities very similar to how they do in Hearthstone. And you play the cards in one of three areas on the map. And each turn, the one of the areas is revealed. And those areas can be either nothing, like a city, mm-hmm. or an area with a special effect. And the special effect could be every card played here gets plus one to their damage. Or um, cards are not revealed in this space until the end of the game. Um, any cards played here on turn six will be moved to the right or like it's all kinds of things like loads okay. of different things and those three zones obviously get revealed throughout the game so your strategy changes as you go through the game are they random every every game you i play? don't know if they're a hundred percent random okay. but there's there's definitely a, it, to me as a player i feel like it's random all the time like that's cool it's, it's never the same three zones and that i've i've seen 
hundreds of variations of those zones. Like, That's very awesome. cool. Okay. Um, Sean, have you, have you played this game? Um, I'm still in the tutorial stages. I picked it up because you were banging on about it, and <laughs> I get the appeal. Like, I love my experience with it so far, but I'm not commuting. So I I wouldn't just sit at home and play like a mobile exactly. Game. So it's, it's it's definitely a game for the commute. Yeah. Um, it's not a game to sit at home and play like it. It doesn't. So to me, it's not sucking my life away, which is what. Wow, that is <laughs> the sound of life being sucked away. Speaking <laughs> of my life being sucked away, yeah. um, that wasn't an intended segue. Um, no, so I'm not sitting at home playing it. I'm not sitting at work playing it. I'm literally taking five minutes a day to play two games, oh, and so I'm not doing it because that. there's a battle pass, which mm-hmm. there is. I'm not doing it because there's daily unlocks. I'm doing it because I just want to log in and play a little bit, like which says a lot for a mobile game. Like I'm doing it because I want to play it, not because I feel like I have to. And and the card art, by the way, is absolutely stunning. Like mm. so, what they do as well. So their monetization system is again cosmetic. Like there's no power purchase in the in the monetization. Um, technically, I mean there are cards that you can unlock through the paid battle pass that you can't unlock through the free one. I think, okay. which would suggest a power creep. But it doesn't really matter because it's, it's whatever. Um, but the way that you progress your cards is you, the card starts off two-dimensional and boring art on it. Uh, the first upgrade is that the card will then break out of its frame. So the character frame in the frame break. will then overlap the frame, go frame break. Um, and you then, for that, from then onwards, that card then has like a more two-dimensional but standing out character because it's still two-dimensional. Uh, the next stage is... 3d i think where you can if you tilt your phone left and right the card also rotates and you can see like into the background and stuff as well and then the next stage after that is obviously animated um which is where like parts of the background will start moving around and stuff as well so you've got this like card collection that you can look at Mm -hmm. and i think then the final stage is where it gets holographic like it's effectively like panini football stickers yes uh and you've got all these different variations of the same card and there's also um a lot of the cards have copies, so you'll have the normal Marvel uh, like comic-looking image in, in one card, but then a copy of that card that you can also unlock will be the same effect and same status and everything, but it will be like hand-drawn or drawn in like a comic style or something, so you can upgrade that one as well. Hmm. And it, it's genuinely beautiful, the card art is. Like, it's lovely, and that they've turned that upgrade system into their monetization system. You can upgrade for free, but obviously you don't get it as much as you do uh, if you were to pay. And it's it's just lovely. The game is it's so nice. Mm. Like it's so enjoyable. And there's so many strategies and stuff coming out. Like there's a deck that I'm playing at the moment, which is called the Onslaught deck, which I've made myself, but turns out it's actually quite popular. Oh. Uh, where this this character, um, so so the cards can either have ongoing effects or on reveal effects or or one other type of effect. So ongoing is every turn that effect carries on, whereas on reveal is when the card is revealed, the effect happens. Yes. Uh, and this character called Onslaught has an ongoing effect that adds plus one to every other ongoing effect or re- makes everyone else's ongoing effects happen again. And you can, yeah. you can combo it with another card called Blue Marvel and it effectively makes uh, one of your cards get to 3,000 health, which is oh. mental because the highest health you usually get in a game is like 10. Yeah. yeah. So, That's yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. Um, but I've, I've been loving it. Like, I really enjoy it. And again, like I said, I'm not being forced to play it. So. I, I just highly recommend it. I think it's a really I, good game. I have downloaded it. I am doing the tutorial. <laughs> right I think you'll enjoy it. Also, a little bonus ad. It has cross-play. Not cross-play. It has cross-save uh, with the Steam version of it, which is also free. Um, <laughs> effectively, the Steam version, I think, is just an emulated version of the mobile app, I yeah. think. Uh, oh. But it's because you use Google um, uh, God, Google Play as your, your cloud save. Um, it, it picks up from Google Play and Steam as well. 
So you just carry on playing. Like it's just the set. It's it's it That's carries on. Handy. Yeah. Which is which is lovely. So yeah, I would highly recommend you both try that out. I mean, you're both playing it now, so yeah. The one big appeal that I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I loved my experience with Hearthstone, but I could not play it when there was no connection. So commuting on the underground was the reason why I couldn't play Hearthstone. But Marvel Snap allows you to play offline, right? The the Fatui, so that which is the first time user experience, which is everything up to like level twenty, is all offline. It's all P- PVE. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's emulated PVE, so you're actually playing you're playing against bots, but you're supposed to think you're playing against real players. Yeah. Oh, and okay, then cool. onwards, after that, it's all PVP. But I don't know how it reacts if you don't have any internet, because I've I mean I've got internet all the time, so I don't. Know, uh, but I, I, I'd be interested to see. Okay, that's that's in, that's an interesting choice from uh, yeah. to do the Fatui for that long. Um, but it means that if you can play offline, that's pretty good. It means I can play yeah. on my way into work tomorrow. Yeah. So. so there you go. That's something to try out. I'd be interested to hear on the next uh, next show as well, like what you think of it. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. People um, at work have been talking about it a lot as well. I, I could definitely see why it's popular. Why people are very obsessed with it because it's also got that like a collector thing where you're like, I've got this deck. Tell me your deck, and you talk about strategies and all that kind of nonsense. Like, yeah. So it's kind of fun. Um. But yeah, so I mean, again, I'm going to push this along a bit. I don't have a segue here. Um, Come on, you can uh, do it. You can do it. Uh, okay, so uh, you can unlock avatars in Marvel Snap. Speaking of avatars, <laughs> oh, uh, no. that's as good as it gets. Um, Avatar two, the, the 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 wetting or whatever it's called. What the fuck? <laughs> the water. What? The, the shape of water. Is Avatar two the shape <laughs> of water? No, the weight is a different film. Titanic. The, the no? weight. The way of water. The weight of water. The way um, of water. The way of water. Oh so, okay. the way is one of the main characters in Avatar Two, I assume. Oh. Um, the, the no, way. so the trailer came yes. out. The tra- <laughs> Shut up. The trailer the came out uh, this week, and it looks like the same movie I watched ten years ago. Yeah, I'm not sure how if you guys have seen the trailer. Ten years. Yeah, dude, it's 13. ten years since Avatar. Uh, Avatar One is thirteen years old. Thirteen. There you go. Even longer. What? Yeah. Okay. Um, 2009. Yeah. Considering the advancements we've had in CG and all the technology changes that we've had in that time, I don't feel like that movie looks much different than the first one. Like, um, I it looks like I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm putting on the trailer right now, muting it so I don't have the sound. I think have, if you put, I see you. I think, oh my god, I think if you put it side by side, I think you'd be able to see the technical improvements. But absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but you know. The other thing is that like it's it's so heavily CG and stylized anyway that I mean the first film looked amazing regardless incredible right? yeah look, for the yeah. time right and while CG has come a long way I think the sort of art style and design of the world is still the reason why a lot of people liked that uh, film right mm. I forgot there was like a I mean there was the whole thing of like pe- there was there's a open a support like when the first film came out they had to open a support line or something because people saw avatar and then they got sad because it's not a real place or something like that. <laughs> pandora what? yeah pandora yeah yeah yeah. It, no let me let me look it up like, also avatar. while you're looking up uh bonus point here do you know what the name of the ore was that they were trying to get oh, yeah. the name of the Un- do you know what it was unobtainium unobtainium <laughs> yeah oh, how about that Avat. <sighs> what is it called Avatar I can't Blues. That... I think that's what really? the, yeah, it was described as that. But basically, people saw the film and were so engaged with it and loved it so much that they were like, "I'm so sad that this place is not real." That they had to create like oh, people need to get a grip, don't they? I mean, look, this is 2009, man. You know, like 
and this is like what I think this was one of the first big like three D films as well. So people, I mean, obviously it was a great. I mean, the plot wise, whatever, it's just Pocahontas. But like, it's kind um, of not filmed live on location. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> that's what you got to tell these people, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, but um, didn't think we need to state that one, but apparently we do. <laughs> I think it's just the solid. You know, Avatar one solid like. 7.5 out of 10 films, like, just visuals are really good, so I'll happily watch this one, just to look at the visuals and be like, oh, this, yeah, this, does, this is a very pretty film, very nice, yeah. I'm not expecting it to be an interesting plot. Well, I'm, in I'm going to go in expecting a beautiful movie with lovely music, and I'm just going to sit there and dribble while I watch it, because it's one of those <laughs> it's one of those big, silly spectaculars where I'm just like, give me movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's all I expect. I don't know, sure, like, I don't know yeah. if you expect anything different. I... Sorry, I'm just so caught up in the fact that it was 2009, and this is like <laughs> yeah. the actors are going to be so much older. The like James... Weaver was old in it. Yes, and like that guy who played uh, Colonel Quaritch and stuff, like he was pretty old. The guy with white hair. Yep. And Sam Worthington is not getting any younger, and good old Zoe Salt. Like James Cameron needs to stop with this long form way of trying to get things when he's ready because these actors are he's going to have to pay a lot more to de-age them if, at this rate. So. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> we have the technology. We can do that. We can do that now. Yeah. They don't even yeah. have to be alive anymore, Sean. We can just yeah. put them in the film. <laughs> yeah, that's quite I scary. Mean, that is, yeah, that I is know, another yeah. scary point yeah. is that the, the fact that Princess Leia in Star Wars yeah. was dead I was I was, um, I was memeing, but that is also true. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no meme there. That is actually yeah, the situation, real. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, or like Tarkin as well in Rogue One. Yeah, just like ah, yeah, it's like ah, cool, man. uncanny, uncanny yeah. valley. Yeah, but no, I, I don't have it any, is uncanny any, valley. Yeah, that, no, that was is. the whole thing that was uh, referenced in the Chip and Dale movie. The, oh the, yeah, that, that, if you've not seen that, by the way, that is a really, really funny and very clever movie. Yeah, uh, I I loved that. I really enjoyed that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it just reminded me of Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian season two. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mark Hamill was there. Yes. Yeah. 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 But they, uh, Crazy technology. Yeah, I know, right? There's a great YouTube channel called Corridor Digital. That that's mm, yes. the breakdown. Yeah, there's the breakdown for some of these like CG things, and it's really good. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, mean, I am excited to see what they say about Avatar. I'm sure they've probably already made a video on Avatar. But... Yeah. Speaking of Uncanny Valley and not a segue, but you know, Black Panther comes out next week. Do you mm. think they're going to have any Chaswick Bowman Uncanny Valley stuff at least to tie up the loose ends? Because that's scary. <laughs> I think they need to be really careful with how yeah, they do that. They better be careful. Because that gets alarmingly close to... I'm not going to say the yeah, word, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you know I mean, where I'm, I'm going with this I'm, one. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. think I know where you're going. But like, yeah. I'm surprised I would be surprised if they did it, but at the same time, I, if they did it in a tasteful way to kind of just wrap up the character and they didn't do anything egregious, I'd be like, okay, that's reason. That, you know, okay, like at what point does it become? I, I guess you know, for example, let's say he's off screen and they used AI to like get his voice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To say something, and maybe it's just like you know, it's not really him, but it's like a stand-in for Black Panther or something. You know, yeah. I, I, to... I, I actually, I, I, I legit hope that they do like they did with Poochie in The Simpsons, where it's like Chadwick Bowman died on his way back to his home planet, and they just lift the CGI still of him off the screen. <laughs> Have you seen that in The Simpsons with Poochie? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I mean... just keep keep the whole suit on and yeah. do a thing. But yeah, I'm that's what I think they'll do is yeah. they'll do it in the suit and they'll just emulate his voice. But 
The problem is, is um, obviously with him being a person of color as well, uh, emulating a person of color also steps a lot to that terrible thing from the like sixties and fifties that where where people of color were were represented very badly by white people. Yeah. Um, and my worry is that this sort of steps into that territory a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think they need to be very careful and very cautious with how they kind of approach this one. Yeah, I don't think Ryan Coogler will trip up like that. Like you know, he's. I would hope not. I, I would. I mean, I would hope they'd be quite conscious of what they're doing and and be respectful. But at the same time, it's also respectful to just let him go. Yeah. And not have to like, you know, pick him up and go, "Hey, look, look at him. It's him. It's there. He's here." Like it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like it's it's one of those things that I don't care about enough but also i would care about enough if it if they did it to be annoyed like if i saw it i was going to be like oh this sucks yeah um i, I just yeah. i just clicked on the google on black panther 2 and i can see the cast does include chaswick woman in it yeah so yeah because i i do think some of his maybe. film some of his scenes were shot by him weren't they if i, I remember so. correctly okay yeah we... so mm. yeah. yeah we'll see it'll be interesting but yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't even realize that film was coming out soon. I'm surprised yeah. the advertising hasn't like hit for it yet. There's a but... there's a lot of stuff coming out. I mean, we've got the Mario movie on the way as well. Um, got the pan the Avatar movie is coming out in a few weeks' time. That's mm-hmm. um, December, isn't it? Yeah, Hocus Pocus two came out a few weeks ago. Like it's all this weird stuff that we didn't think was going to happen, and then suddenly it's all here. Mm. Bam! Right, I guess you know, time is that one thing that moves forward. It's unstoppable. Maybe, um, maybe but speaking Mar- of, Mar- oh, no. <laughs> Maybe Marvel Snap will bring me back into the Marvel universe. I, don't know. I had such a good segue there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's Speaking of things that are unstoppable, it is time to come to the end of our lovely podcast because <laughs> uh, we need to stop. There we go. That's the segue. Um, so this has been the Sunfire Tavern episode 68. Um, I've lost my little blog thing, so I'm just going to talk a little bit more while I try and find my thing. This is our podcast of Gamers and Geeks, where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies and TV, with me, Clark, and my co-host, Ollie, and also our lovely special guest, Sean Abode, mm-hmm. uh, discussing the hot topics from the last few weeks. This week, we have spoke about um, the end of the Bayonetta 3 voice actress drama, the Witcher TV series and Witcher 1 remake. Uh, the big month for Xbox Game Pass. We also talked about the Sony PSVR 2 price, Marvel Snap, and Avatar 2. Uh, my neighbor Totoro and Comic Con 2022. Um, if you want to follow us, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram um, at Sunfire Tavern. And you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Although I did realize every time I say this, you're already listening to us when I say this. So, yes. Hmm. Mm. Meta thinking. Uh, and if you want to send us a question, comment, or even just uh, just you know give us some abuse if you want to, do so via the Google form, which will be linked in the bl- the podcast blurb above this post, which is my voice. I've fucked it up again. Um, Sean, it's been absolutely lovely having you here this week. I don't know if you've got anything to say. Maybe plug your socials or something while you have the opportunity. I'll probably just plug my uh, Twitch actually. So I attempt to stream uh, weekly weekdays. Um, so my, uh, it's twitch.tv and then it'll be extreme mat. So that's X T R E M E then M A T. So drop the E for extreme and it's only one single T for mat. Um, and I should be streaming, um, most evenings during the week. So yeah, come say hi. Yeah. Cool. And we'll put a little comment for that in the, uh, in the suite when we go, when the podcast is uploaded. Ollie, any final thoughts from yourself? Uh, no, just to say thanks to Sean for coming. It's been lovely having you, man. Yeah, it has been lovely. I like having a Thank guest. You. Thank you for having us. Lovely. 
Um, so yeah, this has been the Sunfire Tavern. I'm not going to read out the whole thing again because I've just done it. <laughs> it's um, again. Yeah. <laughs> just keep going. Because <laughs> we're going to about. Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Yeah. See you, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.